this earth rhythm is different than this mental productivism uh, work every day, like to do, 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 do. In our culture, yes. nowadays we are like that. So our womb doesn't have much space to really ground, to really empty, to really be slow. Welcome to the Seeing in the Dark podcast, the podcast for new ways of leading and doing business. No more separation between money, power, and leadership, and being a deeply spiritual human being. Seeing in the Dark is about walking paths that have not been walked before and truly making a change in a world in which old ways are crumbling. My name is Nicole Nima Costeres, CEO of a multiple six-figure soul-based business and here to take you into the mysteries of purpose, power, intuition and soul-based leadership. May you embody your own unique essence so deeply that your vibration naturally teaches, inspires and assists others. Let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode and I'm sitting here with a very dear friend of mine that I haven't seen in person for quite a few years, but I will see her in a little over one month because she is in Europe living in Brazil, but tuning in from Croatia right now. Uh, hi, Skarten. I'm so happy that you are here, love. Uh, hi, Zizadula. She's an apprentice in midwifery and an artist. And I got to know her in 2017 when we were both in a temple training in Goa in India. And the moment we met, we immediately clicked really well. And I immediately also fell in love with her beautiful essence and her deep connection and love for ritual. And specifically at that time, the mysteries of the blood was how I got to know you, love. I'm so happy that you are here. Welcome. And how are you? Hello, Nicole. I'm very happy that I'm here. I'm very glad that we are meeting again. And yeah, I hope to have a nice conversation through these mysteries. Yes. Because I remember really well when we were in this two-month temple training with Zola in Arambol in Goa, and we lived right across of the street of the temple. We lived together in that little house where we had the rats. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> we had these rats crawling above our heads. <laughs> and I remember that one evening you came into the room and you had this stripe of blood on your forehead. And at that time, I was not so much connected yet to mysteries of the blood, to ritual. All those things were new for me at that time. So when I asked you, I said, hey, love, what is that on your forehead? You said, my blood. And it, like, it was the most normal thing in the world. And I was so curious. I was like, wow, what does this mean? And I remember seeing you collecting your blood in these containers and going outside in nature and offering your blood to the nature. And you were the first person really inspiring me to connect deeper to the power of my blood and to ritualize also the monthly bleeding that is happening. So I feel curious, like how this connection started for you with connecting to ritual and connecting to these mysteries. So I think like a ritual came to my life with this midwifery path. When I start like as a doula, I start to feel this deep call, like accompanying this woman in their 
gestation process. And then in the same moment, like I start to connect with my blood, with the cycle, with this returning the blood to the earth. And then I start to feel that each month when we have our period, it's a moment of a ritual because it's an ending of a cycle and a rebirth somehow. So I feel this ritualistic path came through my life through the mysteries of our blood, our female blood. And then all this midwifing uh, path, like it's full of rituals. So I start to dive more deep because when like the woman is pregnant and she's almost in delivering, we made like in ancient path, we learned to make this ritual of saying goodbye to the baby, like to marking that body and to marking that moment because it will be the last moment where the woman is in unity with the baby. Yes. I start to like learn these rituals where we paint the belly, we sing to the woman, we like join many women together and we pray for that and we honor that fertility moment. And we also say goodbye to that body because she will deliver the baby and she will never be the same. So this is a mystery path that can involve that moment and that can ritualize that moment. Mm -hmm. And I was there with you when you were pregnant. I was visiting you in Brazil and I remember really well that you had a big belly. There's a few things that I remember that was so powerful for me that were around that sense of community and going through this process together. Because I remember that you were not doing an ultrasound where they like go and check the baby with the machines. But I remember actually the midwife or your doula painting the position of the baby on your belly, like painting with beautiful colors how the baby was laying in your womb. And I remember then that the women were singing for your belly, they were praying for your belly, and there was just this sense of we are doing this together. And I think one of the things that I feel so deeply touched about when it comes to ritual and rites of passage, what I also felt in West Africa when I was going to my voodoo initiation, was how ritual and rites of passage creates a sense of togetherness and of community, where normally you would go maybe through these transition moments or transition processes alone maybe not even fully understanding what is happening to your body, why you're feeling like this. Now it's being held together, together in this case with other women. Yeah. Yeah. I feel this is very important for our culture. And rituals can like return us to that point, to that sense of community and to this like communion around these passages that we all go through. Because yeah. we are here alive, but we're going to die. And we have many passages, many yeah. different deaths in our lives that we yes. go through as human beings. So for a woman, for me, as I was sharing, the blood, this ancient red river that we all share as one, 
that is like we share this fertility from ancient times. And this is like already a ritual to have that mm. inside, to have this power of co-creation. So when we see each other as a mirror that we have that inside, and then we start to connect in that way, and we start to mark these passages. Like I was telling you about the moment before the gestation, and then we say goodbye to the belly. And then the labor is another very powerful ritual. We are praying mm -hmm. for a new human being. Like we are all together praying for that. We are accompanying that being to arrive here at the earth. We are welcoming in a very conscious way, in a very ritualistic way to respecting the body mm -hmm. of the woman, you know, praying for that. This yes. changed something in our culture. As like a community, you receive the babies, you know, this is another very powerful ritual. Yeah. And then after that, the postpartum, where the woman is very open. And again, we ritualize that and we close her body because she gave everything. She opened herself to create. She gave body to another body, you know, be born here. And we are all responsible for each human being that arrives here at the earth, you know, mm -hmm. if you are in this union, in this communion. And then again, in this sense of community, we join together to really like honor this baby, honor this new mother and to give the support, to hold space for that woman in that moment where she's just in a postpartum moment, in a very new episode of her life. And again, yeah. with this ritual to close her body, to give her new skin, to yes. give her love, to give her respect. Our blood can teach us a lot of things about these mysteries. And together, Beautiful. when we vibrate it together and we practice that together, we change something in our culture. That's something I want to ask you about because I live in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands, in Europe, which is quite an individualized culture, right? And I remember when I came to visit you in Brazil, but especially also where you live in Valle de Capão, it's very community-based because yeah. I could feel the moment I enter into this town, I can feel this similar togetherness that I was feeling in West Africa. So also looking back in my life, I didn't have my initiation when my first blood came. I mean, I was initiated, but I was not aware of it at all. I remember going to my mom saying, I'm bleeding. And then she would kind of say, oh, congratulations. But like, you know, there was also this awkwardness around it. And it was not really that moment where there was a ritual or rites of passage that was celebrated more in a conscious way. And I think we shared about this a little bit before we started recording yeah. that many of us from this generation and even before, we didn't have that ritualizing of that moment of your first blood or ritualizing that moment of, you know, the other moments where you were talking about now for a woman. And I feel curious, why do you feel, besides the community element, why do you feel it's so important for ritual and rites of passage to be welcomed back into our lives and into our culture? I think for us to integrate, you know, to integrate life, 
deeply and to really like uh, connect with the spirit also here in the matter. So the ritual helps us in that way. And for mm. a woman body, our blood marks our rite of passage. So as you were saying, like Menarch, when we first receive our blood, we are like from the girl to the woman. And we know it's a lot of changing. When we start to pay attention on that and to care that moment, it's like to give a space for integration. Like now you are changing, you know, something is deeply changing and I'm seeing you. I'm considering mm. like, oh, or I'm being considered. I'm marking something like a point of change, a transformation. So we start to integrate different our lives. And then we absorb the energy of that phase. We mark that. We put that on the altar. Like you put your girl in the altar and you say, now you are becoming a woman. You know, your blood is sacred. You are sacred. Also for the man, like the man doesn't receive the blood, but it's still this remembrance can be done. Like they have this moment also, they have this passage, but maybe they just pass. We just pass because we mm. are in this pattern, you know. Yes. And our ancestors can help us a lot because, yes, they were doing this, you know, in this sense of community, like they were marking each moment. And I feel it's important for integration, for us to really absorb the energy of what we are living and to breathe differently and take all this power for the next phase. Yes. And making the union, like spiritual union with the matter. I feel the ritual helped a lot. Yes, I love this piece, what you're sharing, because I think there's a lot of modalities, maybe Western modalities, that are having transformation, maybe on the mental level, and are having transformation on different levels, but maybe not so much in the physical, embodied, like in matter. Yeah. And I feel that also one of the gifts that ritual has given me is to make transformation tangible, to yeah. make it tangible like you can touch yeah. the transformation that happens within outside of you and not only that i think also what ritual does is i love this piece that you said to make because i feel when a shift happens inside of you spiritually it's very fast yeah. right when a mental shift or even an emotional shift or a spiritual shift happens it shifts very quickly almost like how steam can change form because it's very light in a way but then our physical bodies they are more like ice more dense like yeah. you said like the realm of matter is yeah. slower it's like the pulsation of it is much slower and denser so for change to happen in that it takes more time and it asks for that presence and it asks for that like turning our gaze and our awareness towards that and that will actually help the integration so what i often also say where ritual and rites of passage what it supports is in is to make transformations that we are normally unaware of or overwhelmed by to make it more conscious 
and to say, yes, I am in with this transformation. I see you, this transformation. I recognize this moment. And that will actually bring more ease and relaxation in the transformation or in the rite of passage. I think so. I think we embody the invisible, the subtle of the shift, the subtle of the transformation. Then we ritualize that. You stand for that, you know, and then you embody that. Yeah. It's a different rhythm. Our mind, our emotions, our room, it's our three centers of power. And it's completely different rhythms. So you, yeah. in ritual, you start to align that, I feel, you know, like you open yourself to align with the spirituality. Yeah. You embody that to mark. Yeah. So for the ones who are listening and they feel curious, they hear you speak about mysteries of the blood. They hear you speak about all these beautiful rites of passage and rituals. What would you say is one of the first thing the listener can do when their blood is still here? What is one of the first things that they can do to connect with their blood? I think like a very nice way to start is to collect your blood, to feel into it, to touch it, to smell it, to really like start that in that way, to smell it, to observe the color, start to see like in which moon your blood is coming, and then to return to the earth, to ground your womb to the earth, to give your substance, to give your cells to give your fertility back to the earth and honoring your body, your womb as like earth body. I feel this is a very good ritual. And then even you can like choose one plant, one medicinal herb, one flower that's important for you. And then you return, you should mix with water because it's a very, very, very powerful fertilizer. Yes. Imagine we create a baby. So there's a lot of life on that. So you Mm. mix with water and then you return it as an honoring also. You mean to mix the blood with water so it's like not so strong and condensed, but a little bit more thin. Yeah. And then you start to nurture that plant and she will have your substance. Mm -hmm. And then you start to nurture that. Each cycle you are there, returning your blood to the earth, saying like, thank you from our fertility, which is your fertility. And we also like when we have baby, then we deliver the placenta, which comes after the baby. We also have this tradition, this ancient tradition to bury our placenta with a tree, you know, a fruit tree. Where again, this mystery of the blood is guiding you. You know, you return the placenta, which it is a tree. If you see a placenta, it is an mm. organ that has this tree shape. Such a beautiful yes. tree of life. And again, you are there with the earth, like rooting your womb there. And like mixing your blood with the blood of the earth. And you say about when we don't have our blood anymore. This is again... And again, our blood showing us that we are changing again. We are transforming again, like menopause. Again, we can call this ritual. I do this a lot. Yeah. Elder woman, you know, we go to the red tent because we call all these rituals, like rituals from the red tent. 
where the mm-hmm. woman, like when they were bleeding, they were coming together in this red tent to bleed together and to yes. feel it together and to receive it together in the altar. So when the woman arrives in this very special moment, which is menopause, when she's stopping bleeding, again, we ritualize that, say yeah. thank you, honor that body to bleed whole life, to serve whole life because we serve with our blood. If we connect in that way, we are serving with our blood, our whole life. Our body Beautiful. has the power of co-creation with the universe through our wombs. I remember being in Brazil, I think it was in 2018 or something. I went to this shamanic festival in the south in Curitiba. And I remember I sat in the red tent for the first time. And we were all like the ones that were bleeding. We were all bleeding together in the earth. And it was so beautiful to do that together. And there was this space where there were herbs, they were making music, they were praying together, singing together. And again, that sense of community that was so natural and so normal. Yeah, and so beautiful. I want to ask you, because you said one of the things that stayed with me when you were sharing about offering the blood back to the earth. And you said something about grounding our womb. And I want to talk about that a little bit, because one of the things that I've been noticing over the last few years in my womb, sometimes I can feel my womb, if she has legs, her legs are like pulled in up. And I feel that one of the things my womb is learning to do is how to stretch her legs down into the earth and ground it. And I feel curious if you have something to say to that, because I can feel that the women I have around me, I know more women that have these wombs that are like a little bit like with legs pulled in, contracted upwards instead of fully breathing out and rested in our bodies. Is there something that you can say about that? I think like nowadays in our culture, we learn a lot to be here in our minds. Like yes. very airy field and the production, the capitalist system, the patriarchal system that we are in our culture. Now, we don't have that space to bleed, to have this moment of grounding our wounds. You know, this earth rhythm is different than this mental productivism, uh, work every day, like to do, 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 do. In our culture, yes. nowadays we are like that. So our womb doesn't have much space to really ground, to really empty, to really be slow. Mm-hmm. This is the rhythm of the earth. Like you see a plant how long she takes to really like from the seed to the root, then to start growing and then the flower and then the fruit and then die and then start again. You know, it's a cycle, a whole cycle. This is the rhythm of the earth. And this is the rhythm that is printed in our womb. But this is not the rhythm of our culture. So we start to repress that wisdom. We start to repress that rhythm. As you say, like our womb, you say the legs of the womb is pulled up to the yes. to here because we are functioning here, mm. like culturally. That's why I think for us women that we are bleeding each cycle is such a medicine 
for us to start to organize our lives through the cycle and then to take a moment to empty, to breathe, to really root down to the earth. This changes a lot. You break a cycle that maybe you are very unconscious repeating to give body to this patriarchal system. You break this pattern and you return to yourself. Remember that you have this womb. You remember that you are daughter of the earth and you have this moment for yourself to ground yourself, to absorb mm -hmm. the energy of your cycle, to take the learnings really and to empty, to rebirth again in a new cycle, to set your intentions. This is the ritual also. This is also like you asked me what I advise for the woman. I advise to empty, to really open space and to really like seed the next cycle with consciousness and then to really accept and give body to that rhythm and give space for yourself to breathe, to have time. And if you have this very like intense routine of work, again, you arrive in your home at the night and you take the space, you know, to just feel, to just breathe, to make these relaxation practices. What makes you feel yeah. good? What makes you feel relaxed? To make a tea with the special herbs for that moment. To take oil and to put some essential oil and to massage your belly. To take your blood and to paint with your blood. To embody your art also, your creativeness. Mm. I think this all like, can be very small rituals, but change a lot. But makes difference, you know. Just a short break from the episode to let you know that my dear friend Sia Huheka and myself have opened registration to our brand new four-week initiation journey, Rites of Passage. This is a four-week initiation to learn ritual and ceremony for a deep transformation for your personal and professional life. In other words, a program where you will learn different types of rituals from different ancient traditions and and learn how to weave that together with the power of your own intuition and inner guidance. We will take you into mythology, into ritual baths and ceremonial washings, into candle magic, intention oils, sacred ritual, and the power of rites of passage, in this case death and rebirth. Meaning, we go into rituals that help you to truly let go of an old identity that you've been holding on to, how to navigate the unknown in times of uncertainty and how to make space for new rebirths that want to happen in yourself and in the life of others. As I said, we believe that when ritual comes back into our culture, into our communities, that we no longer have to go through our transformations all by ourselves, but that we can actually go through transformation together. This is what many cultures still have today, that space where you go together from important transitions in your life. So Rites of Passage is a celebration of that. And if you want to bring ritual and ceremony more into your personal and professional life, bring it into your communities, your families, in relationship with your children, then Rites of Passage is the right initiation journey for you. You can find all information below this episode and we warmly welcome you into Rites of Passage starting on the 3rd of July. Much love. 
back to the episode now. Yeah, because what would you say is the biggest difference when your life changed from the rhythm of your mind to the rhythm of your heart to the rhythm of your womb? Because this is something that we were talking about recently, eh? because you will be coming in August here to offer the closing the body ritual and together I'm so excited about that. I cannot wait to receive my initiation into that. But we were talking about this shift from the mental rhythm into the heart rhythm, which I think a lot of people are familiar with. But then from the heart rhythm to go into the womb rhythm is again a completely different world. Can you speak a little bit about that shift? I think like our minds work very quick and then sometime like we have an idea but then the heart and the womb they have different rhythms and we can pass our whole life creating our life just through this mindset here just like creating in this very quick manifestation so we don't give space for preconception for conception, for gestation, we are just manifesting all the time because we need to produce more and more. So we can whole life pass our whole life just like in this producing dreams and not really, mm-hmm. you know, like making open space for this conception of an idea. It's a different rhythm. You have to take time for that. Mm -hmm. I feel, you know, and then you align with your spiritual purpose, not just in this idea thing, but you feel it, you start to ground it. And it's not like in our cultures nowadays, I'm working in this, in this path. And I see how many unconscious conception happen inside the womb of many women. Like they have a feeling that they want to have a baby. So in the heart. But, and then already is at the womb, you know, oh, okay, this just happened. So didn't have time because our culture doesn't teach us that and does incentivate us to take this mm-hmm. moment to prepare our body, our emotion, our relation, like to prepare yourself for a ritual, you know, mm-hmm. you need time, you need like to cleanse. It's a different rhythm. So this is what I feel. I feel like sometimes we are thinking, but then to feel it, you have to already ground down. And okay, I think, but I feel it's different. Mm -hmm. And then I manifest through my womb. If you are a woman, we are talking about today, about mysteries of the blood. So in this, for us that have womb, we are like focusing a bit in that. So this is what I feel. It's different, like the thinking, the feeling, and the manifesting through the womb. Different. Yes. And has different rhythms. Yeah. You talk here about preconception and conception, and but we can use that same stages when it comes to a new project or when it comes to a new idea, right? It's not only when we are in the preconception of having a baby, but it's the same with the ideas as well. Yes, dreams. Like now I was more actually saying about dreams than babies or beings. (laughs) Yes. It's like you have an idea 
but then stop to feel your idea for some moment and how you want to make this conception happen. Then you start to collect these feelings, these intuitions, to talk with the invisible world. What's the possibilities for that? Oh, I feel good with that. I don't feel good like that. Like my dream, how I can align myself with my dream. And then you start to just stay there, to take a moment, because maybe your idea is not ready to come to the mm -hmm. mother as quickly like that. Mm -hmm. The way the system asks us all the time being delivering ideas, manifesting ideas to make money. So it's not about that. Mm -hmm. Like we can ground our dreams differently. Like yes. Yes, we use our minds, but then we check our hearts and we need a space for feeling. To assess that is like more deep. It's different. There is some difference. And then you go and you manifest And you have this time to prepare yourself, to prepare your life, to align yourself, to, to search or to find what you need, slowly building that. Yes. This is completely mature for you to offer from different space, much more aligned, much more grounded. Yeah. I notice as I'm listening to you, my vibration starts to slow down. <laughs> And I feel curious because I think you named already a few ways on how we can connect to the rhythm of our wombs. Yeah. So one of the ways is that you shared about connecting with our blood, like looking at our blood, smelling our blood, offering our blood back to nature. I also heard you share about when you come back from your busy day of work to take that time to slow down, to maybe make a tea with a herb that helps you to slow down. Maybe it's by massaging your womb and your belly with a beautiful oil and essential oil. Yeah. Are there any other things that we can do to connect to the yeah. rhythm of our womb? I think like um, the herbs are another thing that we can use to connect with our womb. So we start to get to know the medicinal herbs and then you can just search nearby. Like the midwife I learned with, she always say like search in your garden, what is growing around your house, because I live in the mm. nature. But even if you are in a city, like you go to a herbal shop, then you start to resonate. Okay, I'm resonating with that. You study a bit, you talk with a friend. And then you start to assess these medicinal herbs. And then you mm. start to choose some, you know. Now I'm resonating with that herb. Now I'm resonating with that. And you can like make food baths. You can mm -hmm. make themes where you sit and you just receive the plant, the herb. Yeah, you mean yoni steams? Yeah, yoni steams. Yes. I'm talking about yoni steams. And yes, the herbs, they're very powerful also for us to, to ritualize. Like in all rituals, we are using herbs. They are mm -hmm. the, the realm of unconditional donation. And they are always present. They are always with us. And I was saying that the midwife I learned with, she's saying, observe your garden and the herbs that are growing without you planting, you know, that just naturally growing, 
is the herb that you need. And it's mm. crazy. Like in my house, a tobacco, which is very healing, protecting, like we pray a lot with tobacco. He just like grow in a very like a specific site in my garden where I feel I need protection, like in my house, all of us need. And he just grow by himself there, like some bird. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not explainable. I have this Artemisia, which is how is it called? Artemisia? So I think Artemisia is also mugwort. Yeah, because I remember we were talking about some steams that I'm going to do in the coming month. And then you were naming Artemisia. And when I searched online, it's called mugwort. I think they are the same, actually. Yes. Yeah. So in my garden, she started to grow by herself. And it is a herb that really connects us back to the earth. Yes. Really powerful. And I didn't plant in that place. And she started. Wow. And also mentrasto, which is a herb for dreaming. I didn't plant and just start to grow in my garden. So That's so beautiful. A, there is a reason of the earth. Like the earth can feel us, you know. If you just lay down in the earth, she's feeling you. She's like uh, feeling what you need. She's scanning your body and feeling what you need. And when you return your blood to the earth, she's feeling what you need. So I think this is another tip that I can share, I can offer. It's like start yeah. to connect with the herbs, the medicinal herbs. And somehow you're going to open a very deep remembrance also. Because they were always here and they will be. So they carry a very deep earth wisdom and all the properties that they mm -hmm. have. Like you can discover by yourself, not just through your mind, because you can study. It's important. It's okay. But then yes. feel the herb, connect with it, talk with yes. it, and then feel through your womb to this yoni steam. And then feel through your food, this food bath. And like relate with the herb with your own senses. Yeah, beautiful. We were doing an episode, I think it's two weeks ago now, with a woman. She came to talk about the spirit of plants and herbs, and she was sharing. We can also link it below this episode. She was sharing on how we can intuitively connect and commune with the plants. And I love this so much, you know, because I don't have a garden. I have a balcony. I'm in the middle of the city. And for me, like how you work with your garden, that's my dream. I hope one day that I will have my own house and my own big garden where I can have a medicinal garden where I can just walk through the garden and feel which herbs are speaking to me. But for now, I have my herb closet right here and I open it and I feel which ones are calling me. And this is where I do my, my herbal, my ritual baths with. And it was actually you that reminded me of the yoni steaming because I was doing that for quite a while. But then, I don't know, I somehow, other things started to catch my attention. And since I've been recently feeling this legs of my womb pulled up, I can feel the yoni steams coming back into my life again. Because here in the city, I don't have that community space where I go to bleed in that red tent together every month. You know, it's like... And that this is a beautiful reminder that we can create those spaces ourselves again. 
And for me, it will be through reconnecting to the Yoni's teams again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can also, like, even if you are at the city, you can also create this sense of community with some woman, some yes, like, close friend, absolutely. Some woman. And then you will start to bleed together or to, to make a Yoni's team together. And if yes. you're at the city, like you can start to think about the plants through here. And then, yes, you go to the shop to buy. It's okay. The herb yes. is there. The wisdom is there, even at the city, for sure. So you start to think, to study the herb, to even Google it. You know, it's okay. But then yeah. you feel it different through heart and then intuitively you feel through your womb with this team so it's always possible it's just like us to stand for that i feel yeah i love that i think i have somewhere an instruction video that i made a few years ago on yoni's team so for the ones who are now how do i do that i can yeah. actually maybe add a link below if i can still find it for them to see how they can create the Yoni steam for themselves. Yeah, I think like the simplicity of the these wisdoms, these earth wisdoms, like it's yes. very simple, but they are very profound. So for you to make a Yoni steam, first like you choose the herbs and then you just boil the water and then you separate a container, it can be like a mud, clay not plastic just like you can have different elements but not plastic for this mm -hmm. container and then you you set an intention and then you take the herbs in your hands because our hands also like they are very powerful they're mm -hmm. like vibrating and resonating so you take the herbs and you make your prayer you put your intention you talk with these herbs and you say okay Today I'm praying for that. My intention is that you set your intention and, you know, you send it. And then you put the herbs at the container. And you you actually, like, depends of the herb, but you don't have to boil. Just the moment before, when it starts, like, to sparkling, I don't know if it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. no? yeah, when it yes. started, then you turn off. And you put this water in this container with these herbs. And then you put a lid. And then you can, like, uh, how can I say the position? of Squat. The yeah. Squat. Squat. Yeah. yeah. And then you take a blanket over yourself. And you put your yoni. You take off the lid. And then you put your yoni in connection with that steam. And you cover yeah. yourself with this blanket. You go in the dark also to receive the plant and then you stay there like in silence just feeling it it's okay if your mind is very busy it's okay but you stay there breathing feeling and receiving mm. like to open this receptivity to and you. some really like easy accessible herbs are white rose lavender chamomile like very soft herbs are easy to steam with. I love steaming with rue. The only thing is when you're, for example, pregnant, you should not do that. I think overall steaming then is maybe not such a good idea. 
but especially not with rue because some herbs have also abortive qualities. So whatever herb you choose, it's good to study it a little bit because not all herbs are for all the time. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Also, when you are bleeding, it's not good yeah. to make you on steam. And no. when you are pregnant, also, it's not good. Just no. if you are about to deliver and you want to stimulate a bit, then you can. But this with uh, like someone accompanying you when you are with a baby inside in this gestation process, it's very good you, you make this, you consult before you do that. Yeah. So yes. It's good to go like slowly and to have this caring with that. Beautiful love. Thank you so much. I find it really, really valuable to hear mm. yeah, the work that you're doing with the womb, with the blood, with the rites of passage, the rituals, and also how we can implement this wisdom that you have in your work as a midwife and doula, how we can implement this in all of our lives, right? How we can implement this, how we approach new ideas, new inspiration that comes to us, but also how we are in life and from which rhythm the mental rhythm, the heart rhythm, the womb rhythm, from which rhythm we move ourselves into the world with. And I hope that our conversation today can inspire the listener to be curious to that rhythm of the womb, to start listening and to start connecting to how this slower rhythm is moving us in each moment. Because it's not only slower, it's also deep. And it has a lot of wisdom. It's like its own intelligence, right? That can guide us and support us in the most beautiful, profound and ancient ways also. Ruth. Yeah. And that's actually what your name means, right? Hais yes. means root. <laughs> Very beautiful. And I think this is also a word that suits you really, really well, love. And yeah. I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. And also want to ask you, when a listener is curious about you and your work, where can they find out more? Yes. Like I have a website and I have an Instagram profile also, which is also Heis Carton. And you can contact me. Like I'm very open to offer my service, you know. Yeah, and there's so many beautiful things that you do because we've been talking now about your work as a doula and in midwifery, but actually you're an amazing artist. And one of the things that I was also doing in India was joining your workshops with Bhutto, the Japanese yeah. dance of the subconscious. And we have actually been performing together multiple times in India in Bhutto performances. <laughs> in this like artistic path, I also work like with dance ritual. Again, to embody this uh, flow of creation through your body, your creativeness, this yes. force of creation, your necessity of expressions through your body. And this is your art. It's like a language because again, it's about embodiment. We have this language that we are talking now from our minds, which we are organized with this language, but we have this body language. Mm -hmm. If you see, like, there is a lot of domestication in our bodies. We have many habits and we just have space to behave in some ways with our bodies. 
but our bodies has a lot to talk to us. We are just a source of creation and our mm. body has her own language. And I work with that through us again to really slow down, really like the condition, this body mindset and to really open space to receive your expression, like your more mm. authentic movements to be more sensitive with that. Beautiful. And you will actually be offering a Bhutto workshop in Spain, yeah? In Orjiva. Yes, Yes, in Orjiva. I will be offering 15 and 16 of July. Yes. Offering like a small immersion of this project, which is a body art project that I call Andanza, which is the non-dance, the non-automatic dance. It's not to dance, but to be danced, like this state in between to open that. Yes. In between life and that, in between spirit and matter, the subtleness that we can assess and to ritualize through our, our bodies. Yes. So if any listener is close to Orriva, Spain, around that time, I can like warmly recommend to join Heis in this workshop. I've been in multiple ones of them and I, I love it. It's very beautiful. Very beautiful. You are all very welcome. Thank you so much, love. I wish you a beautiful day. I'm so much looking forward to see you very, very soon and hug you in person again. And yeah, I wish you a beautiful day. And also for the listener, wishing you an amazing day and see you again next week. Thank you so much for the space. And yeah, I see you soon. Did you receive any inspiration, motivation, or powerful breakthroughs by listening to this episode? Then please share this episode by taking a screenshot and tagging me in your stories at nicole.nima.costeres. I would love to celebrate you, share you in my stories, and it would mean so much to have my work reach more powerful, passionate women like you. Thank you so much and looking forward to see you next week.